Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, a show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And this week, this time, I guess I should say, we're going to be covering The God of Thunder, Marvel's newest movie just dropped, Thor Love and Thunder, to audiences this weekend. David and I have both already had a chance to see it, so we're going to be giving you some instant reactions, some non-spoiler talk to start the episode, and then we'll give you a warning, but we'll head into some more spoiler territory, so... If you have not seen the movie yet, feel free to listen to like the first 10 minutes, but after that, I would steer clear until you've watched it. Let's jump into it. All right, David, I saw this Thursday night. You saw this Friday night. What was your instant reaction when you left the theater from Thor Love and Thunder? Um... Instantly, I actually like genuinely enjoyed it. Um, I think this is like, I feel like just thinking recently in the, in my viewing of a Marvel movie, like this one, I had no clue what to expect. Didn't know what it was going to be like. Um, even with like Doctor Strange, like we had seen enough trailers in advance. Like we kind of knew like, oh, this person's going to be in it. This It might look like this, but honestly going in with, with this movie, uh, I had no idea what to expect, and uh, it was it was a lot. I will say that this movie was a lot, and uh, yes, I that is correct. And just kind of reading like reviews and stuff, um, a lot of people didn't like it, and a lot of people did. I feel like it's either I feel like with this one, it's like night and day. Like people either tr- like really enjoyed it and laughed at the jokes that were hit, or people like just didn't enjoy it and didn't think the jokes were funny. But for me, mm-hmm. uh, I. I Really enjoyed it, and I, I like, I just like what they've turned, like what Thor has looks like, what the MCU has done with Thor on screen. So yeah, those are my initial uh, rankings. What about you, Nathan? Yeah. So um, the fun thing about this podcast today is that David and I are in the opposite camps because um, David loved it and I did not. Uh, my instant reaction when I left the theater was disappointment. Quite honestly. Um, This was a movie I've been anticipating for for a while. This was the Marvel movie coming out this year that I was most excited for, I would say. That's pretty easy. Um, Because Ragnarok was, I mean, so good and pretty much in everybody's top five in the MCU. Um, And yeah, I was just kind of expecting a good follow-up. And I don't don't feel like I really got that. Uh, I'll get into more detail later. But I, I, I left the theater with a little bit of disappointment, especially because I spent extra money to watch this Thursday night opening night on the biggest screen they had in the theater. And I left like, you know, I didn't hate my decision, but I wasn't, I wasn't overjoyed with, with the product that I got. And Mm. so, yeah, I, I I think it was still decent, but I was really disappointed because I had very high expectations, I think coming off of Ragnarok, especially because I like what TV is a director. I mean, I liked Ragnarok. I really like Jojo Rabbit as well. Um, I love his sense of humor, and I was expecting a lot out of this movie, and I just didn't get it. So, so you, so you don't think it's better than Ragnarok? Oh no, not even, not even close. I, I, I don't know that that was even a fair comparison to make anyway. I don't know that it was ever going to be better than Ragnarok. Um, also, it's hard to like strike lightning twice to to use mm-hmm. a. Thor reference, but no like, pun intended. Well, yeah, it was intended actually. Yeah, I did that on purpose for sure. 
you can't though you can't expect the movie to be exact same and feel the same way because Ragnarok was such a surprise and such a difference in tone that there yeah. wasn't really a way that Watiti could do that again because we were all kind of expecting a Ragnarok type movie um and and in a lot of ways we got that but for me it felt like Ragnarok light or diet Ragnarok and I didn't I didn't enjoy that mm-hmm. so I uh and I was just posing a question. I don't think it was better than Ragnarok, even though I did love it. I do think Ragnarok was uh, was better for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Like I, I on Letterboxd, like I saw you left a review, but you didn't leave a rating. And at first I was like, oh, maybe he's just letting people form their own opinion. But I think it was more you you knew your rating was going to be low and you didn't want it to affect other people's thoughts out of it. Yeah. Really? Just, as soon as I, I watched it and texted you, then you put like the rating up, knowing that like, okay, me and Wes and Adam, like all these people have like seen it, so now you're good, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did that for sure, especially just for us. I think it, I think it was more fun that, you know, I, I was able to watch the movie like devoid of any of my friends having seen it first, so yeah, I was able to completely formulate my own opinion and not really even base anything off of their thinking, and I wanted you to kind of have that same. Yeah. Same thing. So initially yeah, I, I had four fun. and a half out of five, but that's, that was like, okay, that's, I, what I like to do is like, I'll rate a movie and I'll go back to my previous ratings and say, okay, what other four and a half out of fives are there? And does it like compare to this? And I had like into the spider verse in game Ragnarok. I was like, okay, it's not, yeah, that maybe high. it's not, I got, I got to drop that, you know? So I did, I did end up dropping it to a four out of five, which is what that. we're probably going to talk about next. Isn't it? Yeah, so you already you you said yours is fine. Um, mine was a three. Uh, I woke up this morning actually thinking about dropping it to a two and a half, um, but I kept it at a three. Yeah, David, I I'm not I I did not enjoy this film that much. Um, oh, three yeah. out of five sounds. That's that's about almost basement level for the MCU, um, which is really disappointing. That that puts it in the bottom tier for sure, uh, for me anyway, based on enjoyment. And I I don't. I don't think the people that enjoyed it are wrong. I guess we should both say that before before we start. This isn't going to be one of those podcasts where I just yell at David and call him an idiot um, because, you know, art is subjective. There's some movies that are objectively bad, like Jack and Jill, the Adam <laughs> Sandler movie where he plays siblings and plays each sibling, one of whom yeah. is a woman. That, that yeah. movie is objectively poor, but a lot of times it's not, so it's up to the individual person. So I gave it a three out of five. You gave it a four out of five. Which is about an eight out David, of ten. Yeah. David, give me a quick, let's say, 30-second to 45-second re- reason why you gave it that rating. Non-spoilery. Just yeah. why did you give it the four? First, I want to mention, I think Christian Bale absolutely manhandled this role. Uh, I thought he did so well with it. Um, there were a couple scenes where it was at, like low-key, like – kind of creepy like they they kind of brought in this like uh horror aspects with the coloring and that's all i'll say about that and i i was like kind of creeped out at some points and i think christian bale started and ended that movie very well um i thought natalie portman did an incredible job uh and i think chris does does good as always and i thought the jokes hit for me i laughed at most of them um and the ones that didn't hit like i wasn't like why would they, you know, I was like, okay, like, like, let's move on. Like they're not going to hit every single joke for every person. So, uh, yeah. And then finally just 
I thought the color and the just the theme of it was beautiful. It's people have been yelling at Marvel because it's just oh you're just copy and pasting movies. This is different. The, Doctor Strange and this has been completely different movies, and people are so upset. True. You know, so th- those are coming with some of my ratings uh, reasonings for the rating. Yeah, mine. Um, I, I think I had an experience where I a lot of the jokes didn't hit for me. Um, and not the fact that they didn't make me laugh, but I felt that they were cheapening some of the more serious things that the film was trying to do and that there was too much humor in there. I think Watiti was trying to maybe save a story, a plot line that he didn't feel was going to resonate with audiences with injecting a lot of humor. Um, I would agree with your assessment that I think all the main performances were good, but for me, the story felt disjointed. And like I said before, a lot of those things that were supposed to be rather emotional moments, I felt were cheapened a lot of times by an offhand remark or comment that, you know, was supposed to make me laugh and, and didn't. Also, this movie was all over the place. I think it had a task of, first of all, it's one of the shorter MCU movies, but it had to do so much and set so many things up in order to just get the plot started that it felt like we never got to really spend a lot of time with certain aspects that I think were going to be very important for the finale of this film. So mm-hmm. that's why I would give it a, a three out of five. Uh, that kind of ends our non-spoiler conversation. So if you have not seen this movie, uh, I would dip out of the podcast at this moment. And we're going to take a quick little break. And then we're going to get into some spoiler territory. So for those of you that have not seen it, goodbye for now. We'll see you later. All right, so we're back. Thor, Love, and Thunder. We're going to be talking some spoilers. The first thing we have up on the docket, I just want to talk about the performances. We both already have hinted at them. Let's talk about Christian Bale specifically. A lot of anticipation around his portrayal of Gore the God Butcher, the main villain in this film. How do you think he lived up to those expectations? Oh, I I think he did it. He hit him. And I think Christian Bale always does. Uh, I just love, I, I hinted at this, but I can talk a little, a little bit now. When they visited actually like the shadow realm and it went turned like black and white and he was like controlling everything and like the way he was moving and like the, the, this, the, the accent and also just like the, I don't know the word, but just the things he was doing in the trail of this. The mannerisms. Yeah. The mannerisms there. Thank you. Uh, like I just, I thought he hit the nail on the head. I thought he did really, really good job and like, Right at the beginning, I see. I think it was kind of cool. Like it starts with that. Like in his first of all, they really just came out of the gate with a kid dying. They really just kind of broke the first rule and yeah. sent it. Uh, you know, and he's heartbroken and stuff. And it's like he turns into this god butcher and it's creepy. I mean, it is. He did a very good job. And then it kind of ends with him, right? That leading him and him being unwavered and not like poisoned anymore and he like kind of realizes uh so yeah kind of a full circle but um i thought christian bale did a very very good job Mm -hmm. i i would echo that i think that bale was the best part of this movie i think that that's probably almost everybody's universal opinion whether you like the movie or didn't like the movie uh he just he brings a certain gravitas to every one of his performances that you just you know he's putting his all into it, whether he is in a Marvel movie, you know, whether he is playing the vice president, whether he is playing Batman, 
you know, he just, he's going to put everything into it. And there was a lot of anticipation. I think he lived up to it. Uh, I, this actually disappointed me because Bale was so good. I wanted a better movie around him, quite honestly, Mm -hmm. because for me, Bale's performance could have made him one of the top Marvel villains. Uh, Marvel has had in the past a villain problem. You know, if you think about even the previous Thor films, um, you know, Hela was good. Malekith was not. And even though Loki was the main villain, the weird cyborg thing that they threw in for the final battle seemed extremely stupid. Um, so mm. I, I, I was I was really happy we got Bale in this. And I still, I think he did a great job, but I just don't think the movie was as supportive enough around him. This is kind of what I was talking about. I felt like a lot of the only serious parts of the movie were with gore. You know, he, he, as you hinted at, he starts out with his daughter dying and, you know, a lot of his, he's talking about vengeance and revenge and that all gods should die. And it felt like they did a poor job of balancing that with the tone of Hemsworth, Portman and Thompson, who we're going to talk about next. And I just didn't enjoy that. So let's get into Hemsworth. I, I think this is, you know, solid. This is a solid Thor comedic performance. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. And I think kind of what I've noticed and maybe picked up from you is like they've turned Thor kind of into the comedy character and people aren't liking that. But I think maybe not like not liking that, but maybe for this movie didn't specifically like it. But I, I feel like I almost wonder like if they didn't originally plan for this, but I think Chris Hemsworth as an actor kind of brought these like mannerisms and jokes. And I think they kind of just took hold of that. Right. And took that by mm-hmm. the hand of like this, Chris Hemsworth is funny and, and people are attracted to that on screen. So let's just, we, they almost kind of turn Thor into the comedic relief, like superhero, you know, and we kind of see that in the Avenger movies as well. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I kind of enjoy that. I mean, I, I do understand like, okay, is the entire, if the entire movie is a joke, then is this just a comedy or is this, nothing funny like so i do understand like if, if you're not careful it can get dangerous like in that capacity yeah i think uh first of all i i like funny thor i i, I don't hate that version of the character obviously i love ragnarok and that mm-hmm. was largely dependent on that but ragnarok also had the serious plot line with loki and also losing his hammer that grounded thor and yes there were jokes frequently but you felt real emotion and quite honestly, with his relationship with Jane Foster, I'd never felt that in this movie. Mm. I never felt the true emotion. Uh, and I don't think all of that's what TD's fault. Quite honestly, that relationship was thrown aside after the second Thor movie because it just wasn't working and wasn't really believable. And with TD had the task of trying to make that relationship now believable through a series of vignettes and flashbacks, which I don't think worked because all of them were played for really comedic effect. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the rollerblading thing and stuff like that's just not enough to establish relationships. So I didn't feel like they had the heart behind it to where, you know, the the Jane Foster cancer arc, which was supposed to be very emotional, was not balanced well. I feel like the jokes were too frequent. And also Thor, uh, I think, is great, but I think he was too frequently made the butt of the joke in this movie, which I, I I just didn't enjoy mm. as much. I think they were kind of hammering in so much. I mean, yeah, Zeus did pay for it, and that was one of my <laughs> favorite favorite moments. But honestly, the funniest reoccurring joke was not with Thor and another character. It was just with Thor and Stormbreaker. 
was oh, yeah. easily like the funniest part of. I also thought you were gonna say the goats because those movie. were those. I thought that was the, so the funny. goats the were pretty screaming funny. goat. <laughs> um, but I felt like any moment Thor was gonna make a dumb, you know, a dumb remark during a serious situation, like when they were hunting down stolen kids. You know, this is like you can't make that lighthearted. I feel like mm. in a way. And then expect me to feel emotional in the end when all the kids are fighting because you have never really shown me that they were in any real danger. Hmm. Um, See, I thought so. there were a couple like serious moments. Like, I think that that talk between him and Natalie Portman on the boat, like there for a while, it's like you, you know, he, like he's talking to her, like he kind of spills his heart out to her, and then he's like, "Now, what do you want? Like, t- say it, you know." And she's like, "I want to find these kids. I want to help them, you know." And he's like, "There we go, you know." And then, like, mm-hmm. I mean, for me at least, I thought that hospital scene was pretty not emotional, but there was I, there wasn't a single joke cracked. I don't I don't believe so. Besides him, like, you know, so help me if you leave this bed. But I didn't take that as a joke. I took I took that as like a like you need to stay here and you need to get better. Like the, the hammer's killing you, you mm-hmm. know. And Natalie Portman looked awful, which was kind of hard to see, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there there probably could have been more serious moments, but I did get. I feel like there were a handful and, and a couple like pep talks that Thor gave to the kids. Like, I feel like those were kind of serious. Um, so. I just don't think they, I just don't think they earned it specifically. They just didn't earn the moments with the Thor foster relationship. Hmm. You know, there's not really much to show me that Thor should have been tied up pining for foster. And they tried to show that in reverse, but that, that has not been a through line throughout the movies. She's not mentioned once really in Ragnarok. I mean, I think she is in a throwaway line, but they don't really talk about her in Infinity War or Endgame. You know, she's not the focus. And then to try to turn around and be like, Thor's lost his way in the way how he lost his way was losing Jane. And then trying to set up this whole relationship that we didn't really even know they had. And the movie hinges on that. The movie hinges on you believing mm-hmm. their relationship because you have to believe Jane's sacrifice at the end. And uh, while I don't, I, and I don't think it's either fault of the actor. I, I don't even know if it's with TV. I don't, the script was bad. The storyboarding for me was bad. And what TV mm-hmm. was trying to save it by inserting as much of his style into it as possible to make up for the, how weak the script was. And it just, it, sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't need Zeus making five orgy jokes in yeah, one that speech. Was- that was that's, too much for me. I, I was like, oh, this is, yeah. It's, it's a lot. And I don't, I, I just, I, I yeah. didn't feel, I didn't feel the emotional weight of a story that's supposed to be about a guy who loses his daughter and goes to get revenge on them. Meanwhile, another woman is fighting cancer and a guy is reuniting with his long lost love. Like that's supposed to be an emotion. Yes, there can be jokes, but that's supposed to be an emotion packed story. And I mm-hmm. never felt like that was the case. Um, yeah. What about the script was bad to you? Right besides, you know, maybe too many jokes or maybe the, the orgy stuff. Like what else did you, did you not I like think about it, it? I think it was jumbling around too much. You know, we we have to do our 10 minutes with the Guardians to, to get Thor away from the Guardians, you know. And then we have to do the quickly do the Jane Foster gets cancer. Jane Foster goes to Asgard. Jane Foster gets Mjolnir, but then we have to cut away. So then we do the surprise. Like everything felt like we never got to spend any time in any scenario of the story. Cause we were always moving too fast. Mm. And I don't know if that's this movie need to be two movies, but quite honestly, having Jane go from nothing to Thor to dead 
in the span of an hour and 40 minutes was too fast for mm. that whole plot line to play out. Um, Did we know that she was sick before this? No. This is how we, we find out in this movie. Okay. Um, and I think that that, again, I don't think that's what TD's fault. I think that's the story's fault because Jane Foster was not a good character in the MCU beforehand. Natalie Portman is a great actress. She was mm. not a relevant character. And mm. to try and bring her back and continue her story arc when she hasn't been in the MCU since Thor The Dark World was going to be a Herculean task that needed time to develop, and it didn't get that, I don't feel like. That was the problem for me. Interesting. Like, I I see what you're saying, but I'm just like thinking about last night. I didn't feel like rushed or like out of it because like, wow, we just jumped to another. Like, I see, I do understand what you're saying. Like, okay, that makes sense. But like, now I'm just thinking about my just state in the movie last night, and I got I don't know why, but like, I just I didn't feel rushed. Um, there was a lot, but for some reason, I was just like not affected by it like I didn't think it was an issue so I don't know I this is like I'm similar with Doctor Strange right I rewatched it when this comes out I'm gonna rewatch it and keep these things in mind because um yeah I, I just didn't get that sense mm-hmm. a couple times it was like like about halfway through the movie I was like wait the Guardians are that was okay you know so I did kind of get that sense of like wow Guardians had like you know 12 minutes and now they're I feel like they weren't really needed in this movie but yeah which makes interesting you- makes you question i mean quill does give him the speech about you know you gotta you need to feel you know shitty about something and it's better to do that than to feel nothing at all and that's kind of the crux of the movie but this whole movie had me wondering like why did they do all this setting up of the guardians and thor at the end of endgame if they were just going to have them separate after 10 minutes on the screen Hmm. And that whole first sequence, which was hilarious in, in many aspects. Those was, Bad Max-like bikes, those were kind of hype. Was was played entirely for jokes, and then they tried to quickly throw a serious moment in, and then immediately the jokes began again. Like, I don't... How Also, how mm. many times are we going to get the Thor lost his way story and doesn't know who he is? Like, that was Ragnarok. Mm. That was that story, was Thor lost Mjolnir and lost his way and then regained, you know, who he was. And then Endgame was about him conquering his demons, I feel like. And now we're doing the Thor lost his way story again. Um, And not even Thor dealing, Thor trying to figure out who he is, not Thor dealing with the, all the emotional loss of, like, that's another thing. They just sped through all the deaths that have happened to Thor as a joke, kind of. Like his mother, his father, his planet, his brother, his brother again, his brother again. Like that was all played for jokes, but like that's why Thor in Infinity War and Endgame was like so hurt. And I felt like they just kind of passed that off as like, ha ha, laugh at all the people that have died mm-hmm. in Thor's past. We're about to add another one to the list. Do you think, well, that's true. He's been through a lot, but I kind of got the sense like they were trying to get through it quick because it's like, yeah, we know. Like, we've mourned multiple movies. Yeah, we know that this person died. Like, so do you think they got the sense of doing that as a, as a way of, like, people know this. People have mourned over each character dying. Like, let's just remind people and let's get through it so we can get on with, like, through the movie, you know? 
but that for me, you're setting up a way more believable story and then dashing it in the hopes of Thor finding himself again, which is what Ragnarok was about. If you kept that with Thor trying to deal with and overcome the immense amount of loss and the bringing the hero and bringing everybody back at the end of Endgame and he's trying to now function in this new reality, that's different. But it felt like, no, it's Thor trying to find Thor again. So they, they, to me, threw aside the more interesting arc they could have carried with Thor in favor mm. of the Thor needs to figure out if he's funny Thor guy or if he's something else. Got you. See, um, I got the sense to like in Infinity Endgame, he was kind of like, right, everyone, everyone, literally everyone and everything that I love is dead. Like, what is my purpose? And then Endgame, he helps save the universe, right? Defeat Thanos. So I got the sense now transitioning into this movie, he was like, okay, like I am useful. Like, right. I'm, I'm a God of thunder. Like I can protect people and save people, but now he's transitioning to, okay, now how do I deal with loss that I haven't processed yet? Um, mm -hmm. You know, so I, I feel like there was two stages like in infinity game and in wars, like what's my purpose? Like I'm getting fat. I don't want to do anything anymore, but I felt like with this now, it's like, okay, like I can be useful now I just have a lot of grief and a fat hole in my heart that I got to figure out what to do with that, you know. Mm -hmm. But are you saying that's what Ragnarok was for? Well, I'm saying that, that, yes, I think that partially Ragnarok was for trying to fill, trying to have Thor discover who he was, which he said was his purpose of the journey in this movie. But I, I, I just don't think they handled the Thor filling the hole in his heart thing the mm -hmm. correct way because – he, they said he doesn't want anybody to get close to him, but he already loves people that are alive. He loves Valkyrie, okay? But like a lot of these things, he's the the beginning of the movie especially plays him off as a nonchalant, like I'm happy to sit back on the sidelines until they say they need me, and that's when I show my power. But if Endgame and Infinity War and Ragnarok taught us anything, it's that Thor doesn't want to lose anyone, so why wouldn't he be there at the beginning? You know, mm. why, why would he, or why would Thor do this weird quarrel thing with Jane Foster and Mjolnir when they could be worried about kids getting taken away? You know, I just felt like they kind of cheapened the, the Thor's feeling that he's responsible for everyone for a lot of jokes in this movie. So mm. I, I, I didn't, I didn't love that. Um, yeah. but again, two different interpretations, you know, mm. I didn't love it and you thought it was, they did a good job. So Maybe it's maybe I went in with the wrong expectations or I don't know, something like that. I don't know. I, I do see what you're saying. Like, um, yes, like Thor and this series has turned into like he's kind of the comedic relief. But like they clearly tried to get us emotional, but then didn't set us up in a way so that we could get emotional. I do see what you're saying. Like, mm -hmm. OK, if you're going to insert these emotional scenes then you got to. Uh, you could like you're saying they could have done a better job actually setting that up to make us feel for those characters you know so mm -hmm. i see what you're saying when the emotion hinges entirely i think on a relationship that thor has with another person that was not a well-developed relationship in the beginning and that's where the entire emotional crux of this movie is then it, it, it's very difficult for me mm. um and, and and that's why that's why i think it it kind of so is that your opinion. biggest thing? Like, is that the biggest reason you're kind of have it lower is just simply because of like the, that, that part right there? 
Yeah, and I think that infects everything else because I think maybe Watiti knew that as well and was trying to insert extra jokes. I mean, they, yeah. there's there's off the wall jokes all the time in this movie, and uh, so like the they kind of discard the Warriors three. The one of the things that made me the most mad was the way that he handles the reunion with Lady Sif. Mm. Like that is supposed that's another person that he loves clearly, not romantically, but loves as a friend, and the mm-hmm. way that he reunites with her is just like. She makes a joke about wishing to die on the battlefield, and he goes, you know, if you wanted to die on the battlefield, you'd actually have to die in battle, right? You can't just die after the battle. Maybe your arms there in Valhalla, and, yeah. And yeah, like that that's a thats a reunion I think that was supposed to be emotional because those characters, quite honestly, were developed to better than the Foster-Thor relationship was, and that was just played mm-hmm. off as a joke in the end, and I yeah. didn't. I didn't like that. The same thing with the Warriors 3. You know, when all the Warriors 3 are died and Korg is recounting the deaths, that's all played off as a joke. You know, losing his mother is kind of thrown in there as a joke. So is Odin. They even hit the Odin joke super hard with the redoing the thing from Ragnarok where they do the play thing again. Hmm. With just, I guess, a reason to throw Matt Damon and the other Hemsworth brother in the Dude, movie. I swear if Matt Damon doesn't win an award for another breathtaking performance, I will riot. Like, that just, that, again, (laughs) cheapened that whole thing for me. And and Mm. a lot of the, you know, new Asgard's, like, they kind of tried to be cynical on, like, how new Asgard would be turned into a tourist destination spot. But you never got that feeling. Like, nobody Mm. was ever, like, this is ridiculous how we're being commercial, how our suffering is being commercialized. They're like, Mm. look at this funny, haha, isn't it cool they have an ice cream shop named after an Infinity Gauntlet? Like, those jokes did not work for me at all. I got you. So, I got you. Okay. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about Jane Foster. Let's talk about her just as a character. I have already said that she's underdeveloped, but how did you feel that Natalie Portman did as Thor in this movie? Uh, I thought, beside the development part, just her as an actor, I thought she did really well. Um, I think at first, like when she, because she first says that like cheesy Thor line. But then they go to Valkyrie saying like they kind of explain that like did it on purpose like mm-hmm. you know she's she's doing good but her you know pickup lines haven't improved that much so like before that I was like okay that was really cringe but then like they play into that in the movie and that's kind of like the process of her trying to I don't know you think it's like a it's like almost like a metaphor like her finding the pickup line for Thor is also her trying to like figure this this whole thing out so but no I thought Natalie Portman did a really good job and like I mentioned earlier the hospital scene was kind of tough to watch because she looked rough she looked really mm-hmm. rough and um so no i thought i thought she did really good and i think i watched like a little youtube recap last night and there it's kind of crazy how like close to the comics this movie was there were a lot of things done that were like copy and paste of the comic books and uh um and natalie portman not the you know lady thunder Sorry, Mighty Thor, not Lady Thor. She doesn't want to be called that. Uh, Mighty Thor is like kind of her plot of getting cancer and using the hammer to stay alive. Like that's kind of how the comic books do it. And I kind of like that. And, you know, maybe that's Mm -hmm. where you're saying you like that too. You could use more development, you know, to to lead up to that. But no, I thought Natalie Portman did a good job with that. Especially like, yeah, like you said, we haven't seen her since Dark World. Um, So she, and uh, the guy said this in the YouTube video. The, the flashbacks in Endgame weren't, they were reused footage. So we've actually, Natalie Portman's not actually acted 
in an Avenger movie since 2013. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it was nice to see her back. And uh, so I, I thought she did a, I thought she did a good job. Yeah, I I will always like Natalie Portman. Here's the question that I have, and they kind of threw it away. How long was she Thor? Um, because they hinted the fact that that incident with Mjolnir was six months ago. At, at a point in the movie where they like, she's only been doing this for a little bit. I don't remember exactly where, but mm-hmm. has she been Thor for six months or is it just like a couple of days? I got the feeling that it was mu- uh, longer than a couple of days. Because yeah. it seems like she had okay. learned a little bit and figured out like her suit and figured stuff out. So I got the feeling that it was yeah like five to six months she's been okay uh, she's been doing this. Okay, that's what I wanted to know because th- again that's another part that I was like this is in this two is days she of, learned all this. This yeah. is kind of unclear, and I think spending some more time with her figuring out how to be a superhero would have been kind of cool too. You know, yeah. like going from person who is slowly dying from cancer to god it's an interesting transition that i think we could have seen more i i I am surprised this movie didn't run longer like marvel's not scared of marvel's not scared of going two and a half two hours and 40 minutes and i'm i'm surprised it was and i think an hour and 59 like i'm surprised they didn't tack on 25 minutes because i think people still would have watched it It, it's thor you know what i mean like yeah i'm normally not I, I will watch long movies. I don't have a problem, but I feel like sometimes they bloat run times and there's like 20 minutes you could trim out of a movie. But this was a movie, yeah, where I felt they were just moving too fast. Like, give me more mm-hmm. of Jane Foster being Thor. Like, show me how they developed. Clearly, also, Valkyrie knows about it. So, like, have they gone on missions together? Have they done stuff? Why hasn't anybody contacted Thor and been like, hey, by the way, your ex-girlfriend now has the power of Thor? Like what mm-hmm. the, that feels like a thing that would have just happened. Um, mm-hmm. a, unless it was only two days and we're both wrong, which we could be. But again, that's another issue that is if, if yeah. we don't know how long she's been Thor, that kind of is a big, a big gap. I thought Portman was great. I made a joke review on Letterboxd um, yeah, about <laughs> needing to rewatch <laughs> the movie because I just stared at Natalie Portman's arm. She was jacked, though. Um, I think you do need to rewatch it, especially just because that rating. I think that, okay, yeah. I think that she was really believable, though, and really good as actually Thor in the action scenes. And even with her, her humor of like that joke, I think worked for me as well of like Mm -hmm. trying to come up with the catchphrase. But I, I think she did a really good job of, of portraying, you know, the strength that comes with Thor, but also like the weakness that comes with. You know, whenever she, they have that scene when she's standing in the bathroom and she like hits the sink and then she's looking in the mirror and she just sees like this sick uh, person and she's frustrated because she thought the hammer was going to heal her and it's not. um, For me, that was another powerful scene of like, dang, she's like hanging on by a thread, you know? And how do you feel about Thor being able to pass the power of Thor? Uh, He obviously does it with, with Jane, which I don't think... I still think that Jane would have had to have been worthy. I don't, they didn't explain this, but I feel like if he was like, hey, I don't know, let's just insert a random, like, hey, Red Skull, like, do it, Hammer, do whatever you can to protect Red Skull. I feel like Red Skull wouldn't be able to wield the power of Thor. But how do you feel mm-hmm. about Thor's ability? Like, in this movie, he not only does it with Jane, but he also transferred it to, like, 20 or 30 kids. I um, I thought it was... Like initially, I thought it was really cool, and so and then just kind of processing. I think it's fine 
because one, like as the worthy holder of the hammer, right? He engraves that promise of like, do whatever you can to protect this woman, you know? And how do we know that she wasn't worthy also though? Like Mm -hmm. the basis of being worthy, like she was like a genuinely good person, you know, Mm -hmm. from what, from what we see and, um, on the brink of death, right? That's the promise that he, that the magic is wielded to the, to the sword. And whether she was worthy or not, like you, we see that symbol get edged into the hammer when he makes that promise. So I almost wonder, like, it, it has to listen. You know, it's almost like, a, um, oh, I'm trying to think when when Snape makes the promise that he has to kill, or what is it? I don't he's bound. Ba- like I can't. I'm so upset that I'm just. Oh, when he the, the ba- has he's to bound kill, by a spell that he has to. Has to kill Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Is that what he you're has talking to. About? Okay, yeah, yeah. So it makes me almost wonder, like the hammer, like has to obey that because it's been etched. You know. Um, it, it's possible. And I thought the kid. I thought the. I don't see anything wrong with the kid scene. I thought it was cool. It's kind of fun. Um, but if I don't, I don't know enough to know. Like. That's not comic book like accurate you know i don't know right oh i don't i don't don't care if it's comic book accurate the thing that i care about is okay so he is that a power that he had only because he had zeus's lightning bolt could he have always done that because if he could have always done that why wasn't he always doing that you know you're telling me that they went into a battle with the avengers like even with the original six uh yeah hawkeye and Romanoff, you know, the two people that aren't super powered and are just normal people. Let me just give you the power of Thor for this limited time for this battle so then we could easily win it. Like, that's the thing is, is this a new power he learned? Is this only possible because he has his Zeus's lightning bolt? Like, I mm-hmm. felt like that was, yeah, kind of a cool scene and it had November rain and Guns N' Roses, which was playing throughout the movie, which I really enjoy because I love Guns N' Roses. But uh, it was kind of a cool scene, but then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, this is just like one of those, you know, MacGuffin things that they threw in there to make sure the plot worked and that the kids could do something in the final battle, but we'll probably never see again, even though that would be extremely useful. Hmm. Like if Thor, it, it, any battle he's in could just turn to like the Guardians of the Galaxy and be like, I now give you all the power of Thor. Like they would hmm. never lose. Yeah. So why wouldn't he do that every time? First, I think that was from Zeus. Because they made it, it was yellow lightning. I think it would have been blue lightning had it been from Thor. So I do think it was from Zeus's uh, thunderbolt, I think is what he called it. Second, I think, well, I guess the second point doesn't matter if it's from Zeus. Just saying, like, I think Ragnarok, when he actually found himself and knew that, like, he didn't need the hammer to have his powers. I think pre- he couldn't have done that previously because he un- he almost, like, unlocked a lot of powers, I feel like, after Ragnarok. We could kind of see mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that he could do. Um, but... First point, I, I think I think they intentionally had yellow lightning to make a point like that's from Zeus's thunderbolt um, and how mm-hmm. powerful Zeus is to be able to do that. So that's that's how I interpreted it. But again, like, yeah, they could have mentioned something maybe so it's not up for interpretation. But now he has the thunderbolt seemingly forever or until Hercules Dude. comes after him, or, which was in the end credit scene. What if Valkyrie, so, what if like Valkyrie wields the thunderbolt now? Well, that, she was she was actually doing a, a pretty bang up job. That'd be kind of hype. Um, I I like I don't know. That just feels like something they're gonna have to like 
mm-hmm. just get rid of or answer for. Who okay, knows? Also, I though, mean, they said Thor will return, so I'm assuming he's going to be either be in the Guardians movie or maybe in the next Avengers movie. But, bro, I will say Mjolnir being able to come apart like that—that that was, was one of the sick. coolest parts of the movie. That was yeah. so cool. Yeah, which honestly, like, I know this isn't this isn't true. Um, but it kind of looked like, like Jane was kind of a better Thor than Thor. <laughs> like she was much better at using Mjolnir, I feel like, than Thor was for a mm. long time. Um, but I don't, again, it's weird. They did this whole thing in Ragnarok about how Thor doesn't need a weapon because the power is within himself. And then in every single movie, it has been about Thor getting a weapon so he can fight. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need a weapon immediately. We need to go make Stormbreaker because if you don't have Stormbreaker, you can't fight Thanos. Okay, and we don't. And this one was more for Valkyrie, but in the final battle, Thor ends up using another weapon that's not his instead of just his own power. Hmm. Like I, I it, it, stop doing that. I guess. Yeah. See, I took that as a because his dad says like, you know, the hammer is not. I can't remember the exact thing, but essentially the, the hammer is not. Was is not the source of your strength. You're not Thor, the god of hammers. Something like it's it's meant yeah. to help you control it or wield it, but it's not. It's never where your power came from. And see, I took that as more of like an internal. I mean, yeah, he could. Yeah, I guess technically could use it without it. But I took that as a more now understanding that he was able to do more through the hammer or through his new weapons because he now understands that he's much more he's like the with, without the weapon. So I didn't see that as a direct result of, okay, I don't need any weapon now. I just took that as a more Thor understands what Thor is supposed to be and like who he means to people and like his reasoning mm-hmm. for fighting. That's how I took that. Mm-hmm. But I, I do see that like, yeah. Or even like, just, even like give us a couple scenes where he uses it without it. So we're like reminded, oh yeah, he doesn't need that, you know? Yeah. And there's moments, but I, I a lot of this movie, I feel like. And a lot of all the past movies, I don't know. I just don't. They did this whole big deal about Ragnarok and not needing a weapon. And the first thing that he says in Infinity War is like, go and get me this. We, I need to make a Thanos killing weapon because I can't do it myself. And it feels like they just cheapen the lesson. Although but Thanos, I, with multiple Infinity Stones, he may have needed a weapon because that's just Thanos is yeah, just that's true. uber powerful. I will say this. I, you mentioned you might drop it a half star. You have Thor the Dark World at two and a half. Do you really think it is an equivalent rating than Thor the See, Dark World? The last time – I haven't seen Thor the Dark World in a long time. I, I, I No, probably not. I probably won't. Again, just instantly, I was so disappointed, like very disappointed when I left the theater. I mm-hmm. had very high expectations for this movie. And there were parts that I enjoyed, but I just didn't enjoy a lot of it. And so – I was like, man, that really sucked. Like I sat, I got in my car and I turned my car and I just sat there and I was like, that was bad. Like I did not like mm. that. And I was really disappointed. Um, and see, that's weird. Cause like I came in like not knowing and I had like no clue. So I'm just going to hope that I'm going to enjoy this. So maybe low key, it just is expectations. Maybe you're like, were you expecting. I was just like, really excited for what, what TD was going to do. And I knew that Bale was going to be in there. And I thought, you know, Natalie Portman's, one of the 10 best actresses I would say of the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. So there, there was a lot going for it and I enjoyed that. And I, but I was disappointed that like, you know, the narration stuff from the trailer was actually how we were going to be introduced to the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they just, 
another important thing that's it's kind of throwaway, but like uh, Thor just transforms his body in thirty seconds. Like the whole uh, of Endgame was about his struggle oh. with his body and stuff, and he just, you know, that's fifteen seconds of the movie. There's no work there. There's no you just montage it Rocky style, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, See, I, the more we're talking about this, though, I just feel like they had, they were given so much to try to cover, and I feel like for the the goals that were set for them, I thought they did a good job. Because like the more, like we just keep talking about stuff, and it's like wow, there's just so much that they had to cover and so much that they had to do. Right. And like for that reason, like I thought they handled it well, because yeah, that's a that's a crap ton to have to get through and set up and introduce, you know. But so I think it, it almost makes like why why like even like Kevin Feige at the top like. Why didn't he like split this movie in two, like you mentioned, or extend it? Um, so yeah, yeah. This is, I, I think. So I think we just have two different perspectives, but we view that the movie kind of had the same problem. The way that you see it is they did the best with what they could with how much they had to solve, and the way that I see it is they had this entire massive story that wasn't that well developed, and they rushed through it. Mm. So I, I think we both see the same kind of maybe central quote-unquote issue of the movie we just have different interpretations about how well they handled that issue yeah like i don't see that as detrimental to the overall satisfaction of the movie and you're like that's what i was mainly looking at and that kind of ruined the movie for me you know now i yeah. see that yeah I, okay. and i enjoyed that i even i think i liked the part that it wasn't super connected to the rest of the mcu but at the end, I think it just felt like they rushed a filler story to, mm -hmm. try, to try to get everything through. Um, so we'll see. Maybe, you know, oftentimes, again, like sequels and future appearances from characters help past movies, you know, like increase in my mind. So it's possible that the next time we see Thor and the development that he shows from this movie will give me a better opinion of of. Thor Love and Thunder, but as of right now, my favorite part about Thor Love and Thunder was probably Guns N' Roses, so, mm -hmm. which is good. I mean, Guns N' Roses is one of the best rock bands of all time, so I guess... Oh, for sure. You got that going for you, but... All right, I don't... Uh, I think we've kind of hit almost every individual point. Um, yeah, we really did. We just kind of talked about it all at once. Let's do... Let's do this. I, I just want to do this exercise. So, let's rank it among the phase four films okay so uh in order since phase four began black widow which i don't does that even count is that a phase four movie it came out I mean, in the phase four but it takes place not isn't it like four. technically phase two let's just okay so i'll just well i'll read let's do it when they come movies out. that have come out yeah. Since the pandemic, I guess, because you had Endgame and then we had Far From Home and then a long seeming break between movies. So yeah. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So that's five. Thor Love and Thunder is the sixth to come out uh, since the pandemic. David, where are you ranking this? Are we going back and forth? Six to one? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. I think we're both going to have six, the same one at six. Six will be the same for us. It's Eternals. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say. It, just didn't I, hit, like, it didn't hit for me. And I think this movie had the same exact problems that Thor Love and Thunder did in the way that it had way too much ground to try to cover. Hmm. And, and the story did not resonate with me. The emotions did not resonate with me because there was 
simply just too much stuff to do. So mm. see, I think how you feel now, I felt in Eternals because with Eternals, we had like six or seven brand new characters that we'd never heard of. And they and introduced six, and tried and to set up 60,000 years to cover. Yeah. yeah. In, in two hours and see, I think for me, I was like, I was okay with the, the pace of the film last night. It's cause like we knew every character besides Bales already, you know, so mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I had to learn new people, but uh, no, yeah. Eternals. Yeah. I think we're agreed. It just did not click. I, I was mm -hmm. catching up. I was like, I feel like I was behind the whole movie trying to catch up and understand what was happening. So mm -hmm. Eternal six, um, five for me. I, I, I think five it. for me is black widow. Mm. Not my, not my girl, Florence Pugh being put in fifth. It's, I liked it. But I, yeah, I think, I think outside of six, you probably enjoy every single one of these films a lot. And even yeah. there's parts of Eternals that I like and you like as well. Uh, mm. Five for me is going to be Love and Thunder. Mm. Um, pretty securely in fifth place, I think. Okay. Four, Shang-Chi. Uh, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I think the biggest problem I had was a lot of buildup and a lot of hand-to-hand -hand combat just for like, the end to be a big CGI the fight between dragons. Giant, yeah, the giant dragon you know? thing. And we yeah. did get a little bit of action between him and his dad, but like a lot of buildup, um, and especially in that culture. It's a lot of hand-to-hand -hand, like combat like that. Just, and it, well, it that's what just... the whole movie had set up as, is it's, yeah. it's going to be this hand-to-hand -hand battle and they even did a cool being... one before that, and then yeah, it just ended up being, you know. And uh, what's her name? The actress. She's a singer too. She's like a rapper. Oh, Aquafina. Aquafina like practiced to shoot, shot a bow for the first time and practiced for like five minutes, and then and hit then the game, the game-winning the... shot. Like what? Yeah. So that was yeah. my those were my only two problems, but I still like thoroughly enjoyed it. So it was, uh, yeah, Shang Chi was four for me. Yeah. Yeah, I will go um, Black Widow four here. I, I liked I like Black Widow. the The main issues that I have with Black Widow is first of all, this movie should have come out in like 2017 mm -hmm. or 2016. Should not have taken this long. And second, <laughs> Florence Pugh outshined the main character, <laughs> so, which is is tough and is not really Scarlett Johansson's fault. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that when they were making this movie, they actually decided that they need to keep Yelena on as a character in the MCU because of just how much they all enjoyed Florence Pugh's performance, which is a testament to how just great Florence Pugh is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that would be four for me. Also, there's that really weird bad CGI at the end that's tough. Yeah, that was strange. Like. They're so yeah. used. Their attention to detail is usually so good, and they just kind of let that slip. It's, it was a weird situation for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, three for me. See, man, I I think I think we both know what we're doing. One, so this is just really yeah. So one's going to be better than Doctor Strange. One's going to one be is no, no way, way home. home. No way home yeah. is incredible. It's easy. Yeah. Um, I, I think Doctor Strange is three. I really. I just rewatched Doctor Strange and I, I liked it. I dropped it a half star. I went three and a half out of five. I in my letterbox review I put a couple. Oh, actually, the reasonings, the only issues I had with uh, Doctor Strange were some of the reasons you issues you had before. Uh, Wanda now, after three movies, has had the same character arc of like, in Age of Ultron and WandaVision and Doctor Strange, she 
you know, unlearns everything almost and goes mm-hmm. hard on a point and is doing something halfway through realizes that she's wrong and then has to mm-hmm. fix and undo her problems. And so like, that was my only issue with Dr. Strange, which I still give it a three and a half out of five. I enjoyed it, but it was like, okay, Wanda, you've done this two other times now. And you know, so it's like, where's the consistency with that? And of like, okay, you've crossed too many lines and killed and hurt too many people just to be like, oops, you're right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's true. So I, I, but I still loved it visually. It was stunning. I, I thought Sam Raimi did an incredible job. So, uh, Dr. Strange though is, is three for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to put uh, Shang-Chi at three. Uh, I have mm-hmm. it right behind multiverse. Um, I, I'm probably going to rewatch multiverse soon and, and may reevaluate that. Um, I have seen Shang-Chi twice already. So, uh, yeah, Shang-Chi, it's all the things you said. I think it has some of the best hand-to-hands. Again, we yeah. just I just did not like the underdeveloped, you know, secondary villain dragon fight thing that we got in the end. It has some of the best action shots, I think, that an MCU didn't film feel great, but has Yeah, had. and yeah. I think Simu Liu is fantastic. That's one of the best, like, introdu- character introduction films we've had. Mm. That was just so strong for me um, in the way that he was introduced. Uh, and actually is the second highest rated one that I have um, because the only like character solo film where the character, cause I'm not counting black Panther cause we already saw black Panther in civil war before, but mm. Iron Man is the only, I think solo film where we're introduced to an entirely new character. That's better than Chang Chi, which is high praise. Mm. Yeah, um, it, is. it really is. So yeah, that, that'll be my three. Um, and then so your two, two is love two and thunder. Is, right? It's love and thunder. And, you know, there is such thing as recency bias, right? That theater experience, a new movie, new, new everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, this, this may, it may lower over time after a rewatch when it drops on Disney. I'm definitely going to rewatch it just kind of with the, I feel like this has been one of the more like people hate it or people love it. Like it's really kind of a hot topic right now, which I, I was honestly surprised, but yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch this because, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, we'll see. What's yeah, your two? I'm, what do you have left? I'm going to go, obviously, Doctor Strange here. That's right. That's um, right. Because Spider-Man, I think, again, like we've already talked about how much we love Spider-Man on this podcast. We don't have to it keep doing that. It was beautiful. Uh, yeah. Doctor Strange, I I just really like Wanda. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that using her as a villain in this movie was good. I'm glad that they didn't try to do the hero-villain balancing act. They were mm-hmm. just like, yeah, Wanda has taken, been taken over by the Darkhold. Uh, Wanda is the most powerful sorceress in the universe and mm-hmm. uh, also like that in the end, you know, Dr. Strange and America Chavez did all they could. And it didn't matter. The only way they got Wanda, the only way they defeated Wanda was to get Wanda to stop fighting. Cause mm. Wanda head. was going, Wanda was going to wax them completely um, in any other scenario. So I just really, I really enjoyed that. I really in, in, enjoyed her villain arc and I've always just really liked the character. Yeah. Well, that's honestly, it might just be phase four. It might be post Endgame. That's another movie people hated or loved. And like, there's a, honestly, I've talked to more people around me that absolutely despise it. And I like, I was like, okay, I'm going to rewatch this and try to understand why. And I genuinely just can't. I like, I I enjoyed it. And like, yeah, I mentioned up, mentioned some issues with it, but like, I still thoroughly enjoyed the movie and I thought uh, it was just so well done. So yeah, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's weird. I did leave a, I made an edit on my, uh, Thor Love and Thunder review that I think 
is important. I, I said like people, please stop expecting Infinity War every time. Please stop picking apart every single second of every Marvel movie and just try to enjoy the movie. I, I said in bold, you're sucking the air out of the room with your pissy attitude. So that yeah. doesn't that doesn't necessarily apply to you. It can maybe, but I just feel like every like, now, <laughs> like since Endgame, people are like just dissecting this. It's like this is Infinity War. This is crap. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Here's the problem. Um, these movies peaked already. Yeah. And they can't ever be that again. Um, mm. And you could say that's an argument for them to stop making them. They're not going to because they continue to make money. Even the people Billions, that, you yeah. know, there's a lot of people that have hated every single movie that has come out in phase four and they're still buying tickets. So yep. they're not going to stop making them. But I think what Marvel has the task of coming up with now is a different way to go about these things uh, mm. and a different way to introduce characters and to culminate the story. Um, and a lot of people have, have pointed out in phase four, it doesn't feel like the stories are cohesive, even the TV shows and the movies, because they don't all feel like they connect besides in credit scenes. Mm. Um, and that, that's a, that's a valid argument, but I think that, you know, this is just going to have to change. We're not going to get in game again. No. We are not going to nope. get a 20 film arc leading up to an epic final confrontation where Thanos has been teased the whole time. Uh, my thing that I would say that is a fair criticism of Marvel is they're just putting too much stuff out right now. Mm. They're doing if, too if quick. You, like if too you much. look at the amount of hours of content they've released just in this last year alone versus any other year, like it's insane because of the hours yeah. of TV shows and the movies, they're just releasing more content. So it's possible that people are getting more fatigue from mm. this, but yeah, I think, and I think they're experimenting a little bit more. People have complained about the MCU formula. These last two movies, whether you like them or not are completely different and yeah. they use the filmmaker style. They are not fitting into a mold. They are mm -hmm. separating from that mold. And one of them personally, I think, succeeded at and the other one i think kind of failed at that um mm. and you think both of them succeeded at that so yeah I, I do think it's interesting like to really piggyback off what you're saying it's like yeah okay we dropped no way home and for the most part it was liked but a lot of people were like oh that was just a fan service that was just nostalgia that's the only reason i like it well then we i feel like you know we dropped dr strange and no way home and i mean dr strange specifically and kind of thor the new thor movie and it's like what that did, you didn't do what we were wanting like what do you and that's what the guy was saying last night it's like you guys you can't like doctor strange you cannot set expectations of having tom cruise in this movie and having hugh jackman making it like he's like yeah and then decide what the this movie, movie is the like, decide that the this movie, movie is not good when those things don't happen yeah like you can't be mad for one movie having nostalgia and fan service and then the next movie not doing what you wanted them to do like <laughs> that's to you know but I do, I see your, I do see your points. There are some concerns, like a lot of content. Figure out your your plots between the movies and make sure they're they're cohesive. But but besides that, it's like, guys, just enjoy it. You know, like we don't have to analyze and dissect everything. Like most of us are not professionals at this, so we shouldn't voice our opinions that loud. You know what I mean? So. And here's the other thing that I think is important. Everybody, you know, if you don't like something, you don't like something. But mm -hmm. whenever something becomes so popular, it then becomes popular to point to hate it. That's mm -hmm. how everything works. And maybe Endgame was just the tipping point for people 
with Marvel movies. Uh, and I'm not saying that some of the criticism is about or that people that don't like them, but there's a lot of people that hate Marvel because it's popular, which is yep. a stupid reason to not like something. It's yeah. the same kind of people that will tell you an artist is bad because a lot of people listen to them. Sometimes popular things are good. Okay. It's the reason that people turn on artists like Taylor Swift, you know, then like, I hate Taylor Swift. Why do you hate Taylor Swift? Do you hate Taylor Swift because you don't think Taylor Swift like makes good music or do you hate Taylor Swift because she's very popular? Yeah. And, and this is yeah. the same thing. I think a lot of people hate watch Marvel movies because they want to hate on something that is popular and, yeah. and they simply are doing that with this. They are, they are hate watching these movies because they want to go and they want to leave a review and they want to complain about Marvel cookie cutter, CGI bull crap. Mm. Uh, and that's, you know, that's something you're going to have to deal with. Completely. And I've seen legitimate reviews like on Letterboxd, like literally like half stars, like didn't watch this movie. I just hate Marvel. Half star, like, another Marvel cookie cutter garbage yeah. film. Or I'm a DC okay. fan. I hate Marvel. Or like, if you don't like, like that, the you know? formula, stop watching. Yeah. You know, that's like, you wouldn't you wouldn't have somebody watch nine seasons of Friends and then be like, yeah, I hated every second of that. I hated the formula. Why did you keep going then? Yeah. Why why it, it, this is the 29th film. If you still hate the MCU and are watching the 29th film in the franchise, that's your fault. Yeah. You're the one that hasn't learned the lesson that maybe this just isn't for you. Now you're making yourself miserable because you buying a ticket is just helping. Let's see. I don't know. Yeah. No way home. Make one point nine billion dollars so <laughs> yeah 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 i don't i i mean don't like things for legitimate reasons that's fine but i think there's a large group of people that just don't like these movies because they're popular and because of their perception of the kinds of people that like them yeah and even yeah. like i'm not i'm not calling you out here but even like expectations i think a lot of people come with like this movie needs to have this and this and this and when it doesn't mm -hmm. they're like i didn't like that now I know like mm -hmm. you you respect and understand movies at a deeper level than most, so I know that's not the only reason you just hate the movie because it didn't have a couple things. But yeah, I know a lot of people and I didn't even have expectations, you know. I didn't even have things that I wanted. I just was really wanting to like this movie, and I didn't. Yeah. Which I I think is hard to you know. It's there. I think, and of course I'm defending myself here, but there's a difference between like I didn't like this movie because there wasn't 25 minutes of. Guardians of the Galaxy, or they didn't find Gamora in this movie, for example, or I didn't like this movie because I was really expecting it to kind of have a deeper developed story and it didn't have that. Hmm. It, yeah. it, that's that's the difference. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah I, and in conclusion, two very different opinions on Thor: Love and Thunder, but we still respect each other. And I I yeah. don't think David is a fake fan or whatever. <laughs> Or just a fanboy who loves face, every Marvel man. thing ever. And I'm I'm going to speak for David and assume that he doesn't think I'm just a pretentious jerk that has decided that no. I hate all Marvel stuff from now on. So. No. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, I feel like for the most part, we've always – we usually kind of agree. I have a general consensus. Like, we in some capacity agree on Marvel movies and movies that we've watched together. But, yeah, we kind of had a night and day different, uh, you know, en enjoying experience for this. And yeah, which if you're, kind if of you're listening – Made it more fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, this is 20 minutes because we agreed. Uh, if you're listening, you know, you probably can side with one of us now rather than just, you know, not feeling the same way. So uh, just absolutely watch it. And uh, if you've already seen it, I uh, hope you enjoyed it. But, yeah. But we'll you see. didn't. It's okay. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
So yeah, this has been kind of a special uh, on Thor, Love, and Thunder, the sixth installment of Phase 4 Films. And we will see you all next week as we don't know what we're talking about yet. We are in a dead, we are in the uh, Marianas Trench of not knowing exactly <laughs> what to talk about because there's wow. no sports and there's not, after this, I don't know what else is dropping out of, out of the theater. So we'll see. What a good, what a good geography reference there. Come on. Former, former geography major, David Dirks, everyone. Come on. For a semester, actually not even a semester. Yeah, like a week. Yeah. So yeah, this has been episode 20. Thanks you all for listening. We will talk to you later. Bye.